0: Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC is brought to you by Farrah and Farrah Baptist Health and by TIAA Bank.
1: Now to get things started, here's JP Shadrick. And welcome at us. Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today. Official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, JP Shadrick with Mike Dempsey. No Fred Taylor this week. He'll be back with us week one as the Jaguars visit. The Washington Commanders' final score in preseason week three, Falcons 28, Jaguars 12. The Jaguars finished the preseason 0-4. And and now two weeks away, two weeks from tomorrow, they'll be playing week one in Washington. Finally, we're through this preseason. Uh, A little rough day at the office today. Final result, if you're
0: into that. Surprising, JP, that a team that has shown that their depth is not High quality right throughout the preseason when you play nobody but your second and third stringers in the final preseason game that maybe uh, they don't show up and uh, give an impressive performance today. Look, uh, it is what it is. A lot of these guys that play today will not be on this football team this year. That was already in the works before this game ever kicked off. You still want to see the guys play well, right? These are guys that you brought in to be part of your original ninety-man roster. You want to see them perform well. There's some individual standouts. We talked about Tim Jones at halftime. Uh, I'll give you my player of the game vote right now. If you'd like, go ahead and put that to bed. He had a really nice uh, outing for himself, and I think now the talk, uh, until things become official on Tuesday, is is Tim Jones a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars at Lavisca Chenault's expense?
1: Yeah, uh, Laquan Treadwell had a pretty nice game also. Veteran receiver's been around a little Mm -hmm. bit, obviously, and his his roles have changed over the years in the NFL. Former first-round pick. uh, Now, you know, probably humbled a little bit over the years and and is finding that role a special teams guy, extra receiver, and had a nice game today as well. So it's really kind of down to those three guys, Tim Jones, Laquan Treadwell, LaVisca Chenault, and Chenault, Ah, uh, today finished with uh, two catches on two targets for 19 yards. And Jeff Lagerman said, in one instance, he you know was running the wrong route and almost into another receiver again. It was a couple of those situations. Yeah, today. look, he had the touchdown reception. They got an overturn, not his
0: fault that there was a holding penalty on the play. You know, he he was effective on that route. It just shows you the the, the kind of routes Tim Jones is able to run. He is stretching the field out there, and that's not something that we've seen LaVisca Chenault do a whole lot of around these parts. And, yes, it did appear uh, on a play that went to the other side. And maybe it went to the other side because E.J. Perry looked up and he's got two receivers right on top of each other. But that LaVisca Chenault stopped his route in the red zone. And the reason I think it's him is because after the play, Laquan Treadwell was kind of motioning to him like, you needed to go up and continue that pattern down to the end zone I'm just going to cut underneath you they ended up right in each other's lap which was kind of almost a meme last year with the Jaguars right Uh, just uh, you know uh, you'd think they would have been doing it 10 times a week as often as you heard about it but uh, when it happens it's pretty embarrassing and I think that to me if that in fact was his fault on that route is more of a nail in the coffin than the fact that he only had two catches for 19 yards today
1: defensively devon lloyd made the start went uh, really the full first half yeah. five tackles uh, three solos and uh hey he's clean he's healthy at least that we know of coming out of the game that's great yeah you got what you wanted which was just to
0: let him get exposed to the nfl game now this it's gonna be you know what here's a guy who may show up in week one and go wow this game's really fast like I mean, <laughs> just because you played you played against a lot of guys who probably aren't the cream of the crop for the Atlanta Falcons, but nevertheless, it was good to get his feet wet to just expose him to, to running out there as a member of the starting unit. And I hear what Jeff and Frank were talking about throughout the course of the game today. Maybe, you know, you limit him early on. Maybe he's a first and second down guy, and Chad is your third down linebacker, it, you know, to oversimplify it. But maybe there are some packages of plays for each of them because Muma has – you know a little bit more preseason experience. Obviously, they drafted Devin Lloyd, not only drafted him, but traded up to get him for a reason, many reasons. They see a lot of versatility in his skill set. He's going to uh, be a guy who's going to play a ton of football for this team this year. Just don't know if it all comes that way in week one.
1: Final score in preseason week three, Falcons 28, Jaguars 12. Plenty ahead. Ashlyn Sullivan is standing by in Atlanta. She'll have a conversation with head coach Doug Peterson after this game. We're just getting started. After this preseason week three matchup in Atlanta, it's Jaguars post game on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC continues. Final score Falcons 28, Jaguars 12. JP Shadrick with Mike Dempsey. No Fred Taylor tonight. He'll be back with us week one after the Jaguars beat the Washington Commanders. How about that? I like it. I like that, too. I will hear from him, get his thoughts, of course, uh, in the pregame next week as well, or two weeks away from now, uh, the regular season on kickoff weekend. So, uh, final cut day coming up Tuesday. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's over yet. The waiver claim process is still continuing. The Jaguars, for the first few weeks of the season, have the number one uh, spot in the claim order, so they can, right after those cuts are made, go claim anybody they want and get them in here and – I'd be curious which positions would be of uh, most note to them. Pro- maybe running back, depending on how James Robinson is feeling uh, going into this week, maybe the week ahead. If they're a little um, leery of throwing them out there full, maybe you go get another guy if there's one available. And and for me, it's defensive tackle interior. If Vuli Fatakasi's injury is not up to par come week one, then you're going to need some help inside.
0: Yeah, we don't know what that status is right now. Jay Tefele, by the way, had seven tackles today, which is a lot uh, for a defensive lineman uh, in a 3-4 defense to come away with, but you're right. In terms of having that big space eater in there, Danny Shelton's a guy who signed with Kansas City a couple weeks, uh, about 10 days ago now, and mentioned at the time that Jacksonville was the other team that has shown interest in him. So definitely it's a position that they have expressed an interest in potentially upgrading uh, JP. And I think some of it too is just, you know, opportunity. Who's there? Maybe a guy at a position that you're not looking hard at and you say, wow, I can't believe he's out there. Let's compare him to the last guy on our depth chart. Is that the better fit for us? So those guys, I mean, they're in the position with the number one waiver claim that they might stumble into a player or two like that.
1: And you're not, in, in theory, you're probably not getting a front-line starter in that scenario. You're getting a oh, guy no, no. that can help boost the depth of your team yeah. and towards the bottom that, that's maybe better than the last guy in a group or better in a certain special teams role that you feel might could be at least better. And so you're, you're taking a little bit of a gamble on that. It
0: depends on what you're looking for, too. Like you mentioned running back. Uh, sometimes veteran running backs that don't have a big special teams role get cut And you're not necessarily looking for that in the running back that you'd want if you think James Robinson really would be best suited, maybe not playing the first couple weeks of the season, something like that, or that's tracking. And you haven't seen enough out of Snoop Conner or Rykel Armstead or Makai Sargent to make you feel comfortable with them sharing the workload with Travis Etienne. We know Etienne in that scenario probably get a lot of touches, but... Um, You know, maybe then you would go after a guy that could help you for a few weeks and doesn't provide a whole lot special teams-wise. It really depends on what becomes available.
1: We've uh, mentioned, of course, already the uh, the battle for that wide receiver position mm-hmm. in that room. Uh, how many would they keep? The, I guess the question would be probably six, or the answer might be probably six if you count Jamal Agnew in that equation. And they did a couple things in this preseason with Agnew that – made you think that he could be a little further up that depth chart than originally planned, even as the uh, kickoff uh, return specialist.
0: Yeah, put aside what they did with Agnew. It's what players were saying about Agnew. Defensive players were saying, man, this guy was really quick out there today, right? We had uh, reporters telling you that nobody in practice could stay with Jamal Agnew at times. None of them. None of the defensive backs out there. And you know how important he is. As a return man, you wonder if you just had him in mind as an offensive piece how much work he might get on this football team. But I think there's clearly going to be a role. I mean, look, this team can't afford to overlook playmakers, right? We need speed. We need quick strike as much as we can get it. We think that Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Travis Etienne will help in that department. But if you have another guy who's shown he can do that, by the way, on this Jaguar offense last year, who's the most explosive guy as well. So, you know, if Jamal Agnew can handle two, three, four, five touches – a game or whatever, somewhere in that range, maybe some weeks it's none, some weeks it's three, four, five uh, on the high end, and he can still perform well at his primary duty of being the, the kickoff and punt returner, then, uh, I mean, I, I don't see this team, you know, you're, what are you holding him back for, right? I mean, it's important that he can give you good field position. He can be an all-pro level return man. There's no question about that. But if this offense is struggling and it needs a boost, now that may not be the case, JP. When we get all the pieces out there and you've got – the three frontline receivers, you've got Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne and perhaps a healthy James Robinson. You have the line situated the way that you want based on competition in the offseason, then, you know, maybe they'll, they'll have some success and uh, we'll talk less about Agnew's impact.
1: Yeah, We'll uh, come back in a moment. Head coach Doug Peterson has just reached the podium. in Atlanta. Yeah,
2: you know, some of these guys have really taken advantage of their situations and their opportunities, and, and, and Tim was one of those guys, and, and even – you know, Treadwell being a veteran player, you know, he he uh, uh, showed up in the first half today. and It was really good, really good to see, you know, some of these young guys take advantage of uh, of uh, the extended, you know, extended play time.
3: Did Boyd come out of the game okay, and how did he play? That-
2: came out of the game perfectly fine, came out strong and healthy. We wanted to get him, you know, uh, the first quarter at least. I think he played almost the first half, you know, 25 or six snaps, and then did, did well, you know, did well, obviously, from – from what I can see, we'll watch the tape on the way home. But um, yeah, you know, he he looked good. Uh, played fast, and it was, that was good to see.
3: Is his task now just continue to get in condition for Week One? I mean, anything.
2: I think so. I think we just got to find out where he is health wise. You know, when we get back and and uh, you know um, check check him check him this week as we get you know get back into practice. How much is that spot still open? Chad seems like he's played pretty well throughout the month of August. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it's just a, a great situation to be in with two young guys that can, they can rotate. Really, you've got three, three players to play two spots, you know, which is good. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, both those young players have, have, been, um, have been really good bright spots for us. You know, uh, young players, ascending players that, uh, you know, are going to have to play some meaningful snaps, obviously, for us during the regular season. You can only control injuries so much, right? Uh, but you guys, on paper, look pretty healthy going into Washington. Yeah, I think I think we're in a pretty good pretty good spot. We got a couple guys, you know, um, bouncing back. Foley's a guy we got, you know, try to get him healthy and get him back out there. And and um, but other than that, yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty good coming out of camp and, and heading into the regular season.
3: Was today enough to decide kicker, or how does that work going forward now?
2: Well, I think I think um, you know it's. It's enough to get on tape, but I don't think you can necessarily decide it. I think we got to figure that out, maybe you know, this week in practice, and and, and try to go from there, um, and make that uh, you know make that decision, you know, possibly Tuesday or something like that.
3: I know a lot of starters didn't or Most starters didn't play today, but after four of these things, how do you feel about your team going into it?
2: I, you know, I feel good. I feel good about the starters. Uh, you know, the way they've played the last couple of weeks, and. And, and really have, have dominated when they were in there. Um, you know, and These guys today you know, had chances to, to really solidify some of the, the backup spots that we're looking for um, and, and really trying to find some special teams guys that are willing to step up and play special teams, and, and, and that's what these games are all about is to see who, uh, who's willing to embrace that. But, but overall, um, I feel good about the starters, where they are, um, and, and how they are you know, focused and, and ready to get this thing going. Can you give us an idea what the next, I don't know, 36 – well, you got Sunday and Monday, so 48 hours until you break down that roster. What are they like for you and Trent? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a chance to really evaluate the whole thing. We've got a couple of days here to do that. We'll, we'll get in tomorrow and watch the tape with the players and make the corrections and all that, and players will be off on Monday. And, you know, we have till Tuesday at 4. But, you know, it's always, it's always tough at this time of year, you know, and you just – it's what I told the guys in there, you know, it's a, it's a tough – it's a tough part of our business and um, you know a, a lot of guys today, you know, I think You know made a statement made a made a statement for you know a Possible roster spot or a practice squad spot and and those are all things that we have time to evaluate now here in the next couple of days Will you have coaches pound the table for for certain players? Does it work that way or are you pretty unanimous? No, on it, how- it'll, it'll work. It'll work that way. We'll have we'll have some really good dialogue with the staff you know guys that uh, have been coaching these players and you know, at the end of the day, too, it's just the body of work and and, and who uh, who who really put their best foot forward, you know, for us and uh, um, you know and, and really too. You know, we're not just talking 53; we're also talking you know the 16 practice squad players because we have some good young players that we definitely want to want to keep and develop and and uh, you know. So so that's something that we have to evaluate as well. How much do things ramp up? Now that preseason's, I mean, regular season's just a different animal, right? It is. It's completely a completely different animal. Um, you know, obviously game planning is, is everything, and, and just these guys are getting all the work. All the ones are getting the work in practice, and, you know, the young guys are going to be doing the look teams and running cards and all that kind of stuff, so, you know, we've had experience of that during training camp, some of the practices we've done that, and... Um, but yeah, it's a it's an it's a level of intensity that that steps up a notch, you know. And and we just got to focus one game at a time, one week at a time, and and not look anything, you know, uh, past
3: that. The so stats weren't out of this world, but how did you think EJ did
2: today? I thought he did some good things. Um, you know, I did feel like maybe there were some things he, uh, you know, tried to press a little bit and try to make something happen, um, which sometimes young players can do that, especially the quarterback, but thought overall he he made some really good decisions, some good throws, played tough, played physical, took some shots there in the second half, and um, you know, just something he can he can he can learn from.
3: And to give an entire game of snaps, even in the free season, doesn't come along every day for it doesn't it
2: doesn't come along and and I think even, you know, with Atlanta with Ritter, you know, playing well into the fourth quarter too. I mean that's that's what they need to see. You need to see that from young young guys, young quarterbacks and how they can handle, you know, some of the pressure and playing with with, you know, not really the starters, you know, and, and just being able to manage and get out of the huddle, uh, getting guys lined up. I've I've been there. I understand what that's like to direct traffic a little bit, but I thought he uh, was able to handle that pretty well. Okay. Thanks. All right. Hey, Thanks, Jack. guys. Appreciate it.
1: Questions? <laughs> Peterson has wrapped his post-game press conference. Ashlyn Sullivan standing by near the Jaguars locker room in Atlanta, and we'll Uh, Hear her conversation with the Jaguars head coach coming up in just a moment. Jaguars fall by a final score of 28-12 to the Atlanta Falcons in preseason week three. Jags finished the preseason with an 0-4 record and now two weeks away from week one. The Jaguars will head up to Washington to face the Commanders. The final cut day coming up Tuesday. The roster must be down to 53 by 4 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, and as we mentioned, the waiver claim process uh, can begin then. Players that are waived, the Jaguars would have first priority of any of those players, and they would have that for the first few weeks of the season. But you could see some churning in the next week or so of this roster. Uh, Another conversation we need to have coming up a little later, Mike, is the kicking spot that was uh, under the microscope a bit today and where that stands. Maybe we'll hear from the head coach uh, also on that coming up. So, uh, you know, and he said going into this game that most of the starting spots are locked in. This game was about depth and special teams. Ashlyn Sullivan is with the Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson. Ashlyn?
3: Thank you, JP. Coach, this game was all about who could impress you. So who stood out this game?
2: Well, let's start with Devin Lloyd. Um, you know, played uh, pretty much the entire first half and, and made some made some good plays. He played with, uh, I think, great poise, you know, from, from the sideline, obviously, and made some made some uh uh, some tough tackles, sideline to sideline. Looked like he felt pretty good, you know, and he was he was healthy coming out. And that was a that was a bright bright spot on defense. I thought, you know, early we created some turnovers. Um, the DT created the pick early, and um, you know, and even like Tim Jones, you know, the young guy and Tim Jones and uh, a veteran Laquan, you know, Treadwell. But I thought both those guys really stepped up in that first half and and, and created some plays for themselves and and uh, ultimately scored you know scored the touchdown there. So, you know, until we really look at the tape and 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 make solid decisions I think those guys are the ones that for me kind of stood out
3: and now as we look forward to the regular season what do these next couple of days look like I can imagine they can be a little wild
2: yeah you know we we've really have some tough decisions um, you know to make and and you know really as you mentioned you know and special teams becomes very important and, and you know you saw tonight you, this afternoon a block punt you know and that kind of stuff can't happen and and those are critical mistakes those are critical errors in football games so those are all the things that we're trying to find out about some of these young players um, see if they're up for that you know um, challenge a little bit but you know we've got some time today being Saturday we've got to be down to you know 53 by by Tuesday there at four o'clock so we've got some time to make some make some decisions but we're going to go back and evaluate everything, um, you know, spend some time with the personnel staff, visit with the coaches, and um, you know, find the best 53.
3: And while we have a somewhat good idea of who the starters will be, when do you announce starters and captains? Do you make a big to-do about it, or is it just, hey, here's our guys?
2: I, You know what, I don't make a big to-do about <laughs> it, uh, really, you know. Uh, I'll tell you this, Trevor's starting, so if you, Great. if that's I a figured to-do. That. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I really don't. I, I it just like it's just business as usual for us, and and um, you know we just we just go about it, and and um, you know uh, we we're gonna pick the best eleven on uh, offense, defense, and special teams, and and uh, get ready for Washington.
3: And starting Monday, you mentioned getting ready for Washington. It, it's kind of a weird week here where we have a, a bit of a gap between the start of the regular season. How much have you already looked ahead to the Commanders?
2: We've looked at some. Uh, we're gonna look more, obviously, this week now, and I, I know they're gonna look. At us as well and and uh <laughs> all of that so you know but we got some time and and you kind of treat it a little bit like a bye week you know during the regular season and um you know prepare your guys and, and take a look but um you know we we're it's, it's kind of twofold you're trying to get your starters on one one hand kind of prepared and ready for a normal work week but at the same time we've got to make a bunch of decisions you know that affect uh, lives of some of these players and and that's always a tough thing
3: multiple players told me during the game that it was almost kind of a weird feeling when they put the jersey on knowing all right the next time we do this this is for real did you have a similar feeling
2: you always have especially that last preseason game uh it's always kind of a strange feeling knowing that it's you know it's the last one and, and really the next time you go back out on the field you know things mm-hmm. things flying around are for real and and every mistake now becomes magnified right in these football games and those are the things we've got to continue to correct and get better at and and just like I told the team in the dressing room you know it's 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 time now we just we just got to roll up our sleeves go to work we focus on one week and one game at a time you know m- no more than that and and now get ready to play
3: well coach we appreciate you doing this all preseason long thank you it's been great thank you. Back to
1: you, JP. All right, Ashlyn, thank you very much. Breaking news, Uh, Trevor Lawrence is starting week one. I I know you laugh,
0: and it is funny, (laughs) right? And we all know that, Uh, but, JP, do you realize what date it was when he was announced as a starter last year? August 25th. How about that? This is only two days after the one-year anniversary. I mean, that's how absurd it was last year that we're kind of, oh, (laughs) coach, you're so funny. They did it seriously on August
1: 25th last year. Uh, Mike, we're future-focused, and the you know, Jaguars right. face the Commanders in week one in two weeks' time. We're back in a moment. Plenty ahead. We've got the defensive play of the game presented by Kingfish Pest Control coming up. It's Jaguars post-game on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, no Fred Taylor tonight. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit priproductions.com. Jags fall in Atlanta. Final score, I guess in the grand scheme, doesn't matter much. 28-12, though, was the final result in this one. It was about depth. It was about special teams. As you heard Doug Peterson say, uh, you know, they've, they've had most of the starters uh, set up for a little while, and now it's just finding, uh, filling out that 53-man roster, and as we said, the, uh, the roster might not be done Tuesday. There could be more changes on the horizon, but, you know, it is good to hear um, Peterson's appreciation of what these players go through, uh, guys that have to play in this game, that need to play in this game. He was that guy. He understands what this week is about, and it's never a fun day when the the uh, the cut day comes on the calendar. But it must be done. It's the NFL. Yeah, I think most coaches probably have some
0: level of understanding for that. But if you're a guy who's gone through it as a player, you're going to have that much more empathy for these guys. So he's, you know, obviously going to try to, uh, you know, put it in a positive spin. Hey, here's what we felt you did good. We think you can still play in this league. Don't give up the dream. Or Hey, we'd love to have you around on the practice squad if the opportunity arises, if somebody else doesn't come sign you. So some of those guys will be continuing their careers here in Jacksonville. Others will go on to other active rosters, uh, one or two. Uh, a few will go on to other teams' practice squads. And for the rest, the the long journey continues, JP. I, I honestly, like, what do you do if you're a guy who – is on a 90 man roster now you know do you do you continue to train to try to make yourself available you know right. to get signed maybe to a practice squad at some point it's it's got to be a tough you know if you're young if you're a 22 23 year old guy who's never known anything but football 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 to be at the point where you're going to have to make some hard decisions potentially about your, your life and career.
1: The CFL obviously is in the fall. That's sure. out there if you if you kind of want to go down that path. But that's uh, there's not a, a huge track record of that. That can happen. It's out there. But the spring leagues now are in the spring. That's a long time from now. So you got to prepare if you're waiting to go to the USFL or the XFL next season. Those are both options. But to at least keep you in the game a long way off and it can be um, it can be a challenge to stay afloat uh, financially uh, physically and otherwise mentally really for a lot of these guys who've done nothing else in yeah, their career.
0: and you know what some other guys are going to go through it and other cities are going to end up mm-hmm. coming here to Jacksonville I have no doubt that the Jags will utilize their number one waiver position to bring in at least a few guys here this week you would expect and you know even beyond that as we've been talking about the impact that Tim Jones had today to hear Doug Peterson not only single out Tim Jones it's easy to single out a guy who had three catches for 100 yards i know Treadwell scored but you know he had six targets he caught two balls he didn't have a lot of yards it wasn't like like the numbers other than the touchdown jumped out to you but touchdowns this team you know said the red zone struggles in the preseason It just goes to show you when Doug Peterson's saying, hey, that's a guy I saw making plays for our team. Well, that's what he's talking about. No matter, you know, okay, four of those targets didn't connect. One that did, he beat the would-be tacklers to the end zone, and that's what we need. We need points on this team. So to have both Tim Jones and Laquan Treadwell singled out by name, you know, again, uh, not trying to pick on LaVisca Chennault. It it seems like the writing's on the wall that uh, those guys are ahead of him at this moment.
1: Time now for the Kingfish Pest Control defensive play of the game, and it came early. Cincinnati stars play fake. Fires downfield, and that ball is going to be intercepted by Daniel Thomas. How about that? They called it an interception. I couldn't tell if he caught it or not. He dove. It's an interception for the Jaguars on the first play of the game back to the 35-yard line of Atlanta. Daniel Thomas getting it started. The Kingfish Pest Control defensive play of the game. Let the pros tackle the pest in your home by going to kingfishpest.com. That's kingfishpest.com. Daniel Thomas has been around here for a couple years now and has been a special teams contributor and from time to time, has been out there on defense. The uh, former Auburn player is still hanging around here and, yeah. uh, and doing doing well. At least starting this game today.
0: I mean, it's a great way to you know, get the attention of your coaching staff. First play, create a turnover, uh, and you know, playing a little center field. Xavier Crawford had one later on in the uh, half. Basically, the same way they bookended the half uh, with those. I think the thing about Daniel Thomas, if he sticks around here, JP, is you could put him in as a safety on this team, and he's not going to be overwhelmed. He's played plenty of football, you know what I mean? So he can give you something on special teams, and you can trust that he's going to be a guy who knows the defense, knows what he's doing out there. We'll see. Uh, There's been some pretty good competition at
1: safety, but he had a nice day for himself. We'll return with the Vice Star final stats. Final score in favor of the Atlanta Falcons in preseason week three. Final score of 28 to 12 over the Jaguars, and it's Jaguars post game on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC. JP Shadrick with Mike Dempsey. No Fred Taylor tonight. He'll be back with us week one against Washington. 28 12, the final. Falcons over the Jaguars. And let's take a look at the Vistar final stats. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. And we start with the all-important team stats in a preseason game, especially preseason week three. Kidding, of course. The uh, total net yardage, 309-251 to 251 in favor of Atlanta. Rushing yards in favor of the Falcons, 135-54. Jaguars out past the Falcons, 197-174 to penalties, 5 for 50 yards against the Jaguars, 10 for 86 yards against Atlanta. They have a bunch of false starts at one point. It was something like that. Um, Let's see. Time of possession in favor of Atlanta. They held it for 35 minutes, 25 seconds. Jaguars were awful on third down, 2 of 12. Uh, Atlanta seven of fourteen on third downs today, Mike. Well, EJ
0: Perry had a quarterback rating over a hundred in the first half. He ended with a quarterback rating of fifty-four, so it tells you how the second half went for him and the uh, Jaguar passing game. Nineteen for thirty-seven for two hundred and one yards, a touchdown and a pair of interceptions for Perry. Desmond Ritter went most of the way for Atlanta. The third-round rookie, fourteen to twenty-one, a buck eighty-five, a touchdown and a pair of interceptions as well. Uh, Rykel Armstead and Snoop Conner each had 15 yards on the ground. Snoop needed 11 carries to get there. Uh, Rykel just had a pair of carries, uh, but 15 yards uh, co-led the Jaguars. Caleb Huntley, 19 for 86 and a score, one of three running backs uh, to rush for a touchdown today for Atlanta. Jacksonville receiving, he's been the guy we've been talking about really since halftime. Tim Jones caught three balls, all three targets for 103 yards, including a long of 40 nine on the day, easily pacing all receivers today. Frank Darby led Atlanta with one catch for 35 yards. And apologies to Rudy Ford. I shorted him a sack. I was looking at, for some reason, the quarterback hits are listed as only one QB hit for the game for the Jags, yet they have two sacks. Uh, Rudy Ford got the other one in addition to Deshaun Dixon. Tyrell Adams led the way with nine total tackles today. Jacksonville Dixon had eight. And Devin Lloyd, just to give a mention, playing his first preseason action, got singled out by Doug Peterson after the game uh, for being all around the ball. Five total tackles, including three solos in his Jaguar debut.
1: There you have it, the Vice Star final stats. We're back in a moment with Jaguars Radio Network player of the game voting. This one might be an easy one. Mm, Keeping up with the Joneses. This is Jaguars Post Game on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back, Jaguars Post Game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today. Official air conditioning partner of the Jaguars. JP Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, no Fred Taylor tonight. It's time for the Jaguars Radio Network Player of the Game voting. Here's how it works I get a vote. Mike gets a vote. Fred Taylor is out tonight. He would get a vote and a half to break any deadlocks. Tony Smith will instead cast that vote. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's Tim Jones is my vote tonight. Three targets, three catches, 103 yards. He also downed a punt at one point inside the five-yard line, special teams contributor. Uh, I think he uh, at least... I got my vote what about
0: you Uh, absolutely gets my vote I mean this is obviously one of those no-brainer type situations but uh, we go through the motions anyway and (laughs) give his well you know what I mean like everyone knows where it's coming from uh here and he got singled out by his head coach after the game rightfully so here are the numbers in the preseason Tim Jones three times out of four games was the Jags leading receiver Mm. was targeted 19 times caught 14 balls for 219 yards, and that, considering the Hall of Fame game, he had one catch for four yards. Pretty good. So, 215 yards over the last three weeks on, uh, on 16 targets. So, you know, again, you got to consider who he's playing against, but he's also catching from backup quarterbacks. So, clearly the player of the game and one of the best players, uh, Tony, I think in the preseason for the Jags.
3: Yeah, it's Tim Jones. He gets my vote as well, and I think when you look at Doug Peterson also mentioning the down punt, down at the five-yard lines from Tim Jones, too. So he's having impact in the special teams. He's playing those core four teams as well. It certainly seems like he is getting more and more certain to make this 53-man roster. And as you guys have been discussing through this first hour, I don't know what the deal is with LaVisca Chenault at this point because he's certainly not active on game day without somebody else being heard. Even if he is on the 53-man roster, do they feel like it's more beneficial for the team to keep one of these extra safeties? Uh, Daniel Thomas, one of those guys, instead of LaVisca Chenault, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I know those other guys play special teams. LaVisca Chenault doesn't.
1: That's right. It'll be a conversation piece in the coming days, that's for sure. Tonight, the conversation piece is Tim Jones. Wide receiver is the Jaguars Radio Network, player of the game, unanimous vote. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game Then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capabilities and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Baptist Health Injury Report when we return. Jags fall in preseason week three. 28-12, the final score. It's Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC continues. J.P. Shadrick with Mike Dempsey. No Fred Taylor tonight. He'll be back with us week one. Time now for the Baptist Health Injury Report. Baptist Health changing health care for good. Nothing too notable out of this game, at least um, from the 10,000-foot view, if you will. But uh, big picture items. Uh, James Robinson has been a topic of interest over the last few weeks in training camp, of course. Trying to work his way back from the Achilles injury. Still was wearing the little contact or no contact jersey over the jersey at practice the last two weeks, and even this week against Atlanta. He was in there in teamwork, but uh, they told the Falcons, hey, just kind of lay off him a little bit. Yeah, it's thud tempo for other guys, but if you see him, eh, you know, kind of hands off. And that worked out so far, and he's trending in the right direction. Does he have enough time to be ready uh, by week one to be fully right? Uh, I think we'll see in the next week if – Comes out and practices the next week or so, and continues to improve. Maybe he finds a role on opening day. If, if not, then you got to figure out um, how you're going to staff that running back room.
0: Right. And what does fully right mean for James Robinson and his staff? Right. I mean, he may be medically cleared to not face any further setbacks. Like you can take contact, you can do all these things, but he may not be in the condition to take 15 touches, you know, and who knows what they ultimately want. You know, they, they keep talking about James Robinson's RB1. He's a three-down back. Well, we know they're going to get Travis Etienne heavily involved this year. Uh, I want to have them have the luxury of not having any restrictions on these two guys and play it any way they want, JP. I just think this is one that's going to – I think the non-contact jersey comes off before week one is my guess. That's just, just, just a guess, but I have no idea what that means for his workload.
1: Yeah, Etienne's been out there healthy, cleared to go, and, and looks the part in the instances we've seen him in some games in this preseason. But and they're going to need J-Rob
0: between the tackles yeah. on this football team. man. Yeah. I, I, he's, a, he's a difference maker, just in a different way. To, to play his style and average 4.5 and 4.7 yards per carry in his first two seasons is just a remarkable testament to how
1: consistent he is. Devin Lloyd got in the game tonight for the first time, played the first half, had five tackles coming off a hamstring injury that he suffered in the conditioning drill. The report day of camp went a little too hard in that, and he's taken all training camp to get back to this point where he's playing football again and back uh, in a game finally today. And, uh, you know, hearing him talk this week, he's ready to go. Mentally, it's been good for him off to the side, really getting deeper into the defense if he could, which he was already pretty deep into it anyway. But now he's out there and he's got his first taste of an actual game with a Jaguars jersey on. It becomes really real week one, two weeks from now,
0: though. Big time. And uh, we'll see just how mentally ready he is. I'm sure he feels that way. And, you know, again, knock on wood, man, I say it every time we talk about injuries. The Jags have been very fortunate not to add much to the injury pile this offseason. Uh, he was one, but you'd rather have that happen the day before the beginning of training camp than the day before the start of the regular season and lose him for a month in the regular season than have to you know ease him back into action then. So hopefully he's young. He can stay healthy from this point forward, and then it just becomes a question of uh, mentally, is he up to the task having played so little in the preseason?
1: And our final look tonight, Foley Fadokasi mm-hmm. suffered a calf injury in last week's game against the Steelers. Did not practice this week. He was off to the side in a in, in, uh, flowery branch against the Falcons in those two practices. Uh, saw him walking off the practice field one day. I said, you can be ready for Week He's like. You know, of course I am. They all say that. We don't know. We'll we'll that's what i are asking. asking. Yes. I don't know.
0: Look, this is the guy out of all of them, I think, that, well, you know, obviously Devin Lloyd's going to play a huge role for this team. But if James Robinson's less than 100% or he's not there for a couple of weeks, you do have Travis Etienne you can turn to. You've got some other guys to help piece it together. They talk, the Jags, about how Foley Fattacassi was their number one target defensively in free agency. What he means to this team is not going to be measured on the stat sheet. It's going to be measured in the film room by how many blockers he occupies and lets guys like Foley Alulekin and Devin Lloyd flow to the football. Uh, JP, you know, two weeks ago you would have said, oh, if he's not there, Malcolm Brown's played a ton of football. We'll just slide him right in. Well, that's not an option for this team. Uh, the, The front line and the depth, there's going to be challenge if Foley's not ready to go. I like what he told you. You know, I hope he's right. I hope he's ready to go. But I think there's going to be a fall off when we don't see him on the field. We've seen this team struggle already in the preseason, stopping the run at times. Haven't seen the full foley Fatikasi experience yet. And hopefully he, Devon
1: Hamilton, Roy Robertson-Harris can make a huge difference up front. The Jaguars game day radio broadcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. A preview of the coming week when we return. It's Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars post game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick with Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor back with us in two weeks. Week one when the Jaguars face the Washington Commanders. This week, though, roster cuts. The rosters must be down to 53 by 4 o'clock Tuesday. The Jaguars have the number one spot in the waiver order. So they could do some work even after the roster cuts.
0: Yeah, if you were nervous heading into this game, just remain in that state. I think. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, yeah. there's there's no even after you know Wednesday things can happen. But uh, I I would say as of now, James McCourt has a much better chance than he did prior to kickoff. Right? I mean, the guy went out there and made a couple of kicks in game conditions had a really good practice making his kicks the other day that's all you can ask him to do they obviously think he has a big leg they know he has a big leg but they think he can uh, be accurate enough help this team had a touchback on the opening kickoff uh, you know Jake Verity missed his one opportunity that may be the only one you get sometimes in this case I would expect Jake Verity to uh, hopefully have not unpacked his bags <laughs> completely because I don't think he's gonna be around after Tuesday uh, but uh, you know it's a tough week. For a lot of these guys, and yet yeah, you hope that uh, they put some good stuff on film, JP, that they're either here uh, toiling on the practice squad to make this team better or they get an opportunity somewhere else around the league.
1: Final score for the final time, 28-12, the Falcons over the Jaguars in preseason week three. And for those on our flagship station, 1010XL in Jacksonville, stick around. The scoreboard show is next. We'll have Bucky Brooks on the phone from the Atlanta airport in that program. like it. We'll uh, take your calls as well at 355-NFL-1, 355-6351. You can join us on our social media channels coming up as well, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. VP of Production is Patrick Cavanaugh, Executive Producer, Dave DeCandis, Manager of Radio, Joe Fortunato. Linda Fortunato is our studio producer. Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, Gabby Dalton produced the video for Jaguars.com. Tony Smith, our radio producer as well, and David Cho on the video tonight with Max Hockman also for, for uh, Mike Dempsey and our entire crew. This is JP Shadrick saying good night. Final score 28-12 Falcons over the Jags in preseason week three on the Jaguars radio network.
0: Welcome to the Jaguars Scoreboard Show. This is your chance, Jaguars fans, to sound off about today's game. The Jaguars Scoreboard Show is brought to you by Farah and Farrah, Baptist Health, and by TIAA Bank. Now, waiting to hear from you. Here are Mike Dempsey.